0: Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor at Forward Church in Chiefland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thanks so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message.
1: (laughs) So I got a text last night from Bradley. He wanted to know what I was speaking on. So I always give him a hard time. He's not a micromanager, so please don't take this this way. He's not. But he asked me what I was speaking on. I said, quit micromanaging. (laughs) He's like, no, I need to know what you're speaking on for real. So he don't have a clue. So Bradley, where are you at? (laughs) Thank you for sitting there. Be close. It's called Without Him, When the Going Gets Tough. Before I can proceed, y'all give my mother a hand who's here from New York, my uncle a hand who's here from Lake Wells. (laughs) and she's going to kill me later, but I think I can run faster than her. I guilted a good friend of mine who is a sergeant on my shift in the jail to come and be my support tonight while I speak. Give it up for Tiffany Lesher. So since Bradley got up here and grilled y'all about volunteering, the good news is he used up, like, all all my time. So it kind of worked out pretty good, because I got six bullets and a hand grenade, and I'm a fully automatic, so y'all stay with me, all right, because I'm a roll. (laughs) We're going to hit Peter's life at like 100 miles an hour, all right? We're going to hit it from the beginning when he meets Jesus, through a couple of experiences that he had with Jesus, and then to the part that's my favorite part about Peter's entire life that we can witness through the word at the end, okay? Okay. So let's start off, how many of you are going to flip with your Bibles? So I know, because I've got it all printed out. All right, I'm going to try to go slow. Let's start off in Luke 5, verses 1 through 11. When you get there, say amen. If not, I got it for you. So y'all must trust me, because there's a lot of y'all don't have your Bibles. So what I'm reading you, y'all must trust the police. That's kind of dangerous. I love you guys. All right. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. This is Jesus. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put it out a little bit off the land. And he sat down and talked to the multitudes from the boat. Verse 4 says, When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish on their net, oh, and their net was breaking. So they had so much weight, so much fish in their nets. Obviously, they hadn't caught this much fish in quite some time because it says their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. It's a lot of fish. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So just in Jesus saying something to him, he obviously knew that Jesus was the Lord. Because he says, Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. So he felt guilt. Verse 9 says, For he and all who were there with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, for now, from now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. I want to look at forsook, which is the past participle of forsake. That definition means to abandon, to leave, to forsake, to fail to return to. They abandoned all they knew and follow Jesus on one command that he gave him. What sticks out to me here is Peter was blessed because he obeyed. And because he obeyed, he received favor. What also interests me in that little bit of a story is, as Christians, when we obey and have favor, the people around us, which were the others mentioned in that, in that story, they received favor also because they got to inherit the catch. Some of the fish went in their boats. So when we obey and we receive favor, everyone that's around us, our friends, our family, our coworkers, they receive favor as well. So when you're connected to someone who's receiving the overflow, you're going to receive the overflow. So sidebar, who are you hanging with? Because Sergeant Lester can tell you, we see kids all the time, come in and out of the jail. Not because we don't know they're good kids, but because of who they're hanging out with. Guilty by association. I think in our leadership meeting, you said birds of a feather, right? So that was Jesus' first encounter with Christ, and he knew immediately, you are the Lord. Mark 8, 27 through 29. This is the story of Peter's confession of Christ. I'm going to hit a couple of stories just kind of flowing through Peter's journey here. So he knew he was the Lord in the first story, but this is, this is his confession of Christ right here. 27 says, Now Jesus and his disciples went out to the towns of Caesarea Philippi, and on the road he asked his disciples, saying to them, Who do men say that I am? So they answered, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah, and others, you're just one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? So Peter being the leader of them, he steps up and says, you're the Christ. So, I'm going through these stories of Peter because when I study Peter, and I think about my walk with the Lord, and I think about the miracles such as the fish that have happened in my life, and I think about me acknowledging who he was when I, come to, when I came to know him and got saved. So, let's... Go to the story of hard truths. Jesus predicts Peter's denial. We're going to be in John 13, 36 through 38. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I I not follow you now? I will lay my life down for your sake. Jesus answered him, you will lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster, sh- the rooster shall not crow until you have denied me three times. That's a hard truth. That's a hard truth. God never says in this walk with him that we won't go through crap, that we won't get jacked up from time to time, that we won't screw up from time to time. But he will not forsake you. I hit this story because when you read through the Gospels, a lot of the stories are kind of hit and miss as if, you know, we all went to a football game and wrote a paragraph about what we saw. Some people are going to think things are going to stick out to Bradley that didn't stick out to me are going to stick out to Lavelle, you know, that didn't stick out to Bradley. And we're all going to have some, of the, some similarities, but we're going to have some differences. This is in all four. So to me, this is, this is big. Peter's denial of Jesus three times is big. So let's move on to the miracle now. Mark 9, 2 through 8. I'm tearing up the word tonight. You ready? I've already shot about three bullets, so I only got just a couple left. Verse 2, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, led them up high on a mountain apart by themselves. He was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining exceedingly white, like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. Verse 4, and Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Sorry, I'm going through puberty, I guess. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. You see Peter's servanthood side coming out. He was going to build him something because he was scared to death and didn't know what else to say because he did not know, well, there you go, because he did not know what to say for they were greatly afraid. (laughs) See? And a cloud came and overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. Suddenly. When they had looked around, they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus with themselves. So Simon Peter witnesses a miracle. Does this parallel any of our lives with our walk through Christ? There was some highs, and there were some lows. And then there was a high again, after Jesus tells him, you're going to deny me three times. Then he takes him up on a mountain, and he scares the crap out of him by being transfigured. In all of God's glory. Let's move on to John 21, 1 through 12. And I'm going to read this one through my, through my Bible. Now, with y'all's permission, y'all said y'all trust the police because a lot of y'all ain't got Bibles. So you're just going to have to trust me here, all right? I'm going to color this up into how I see it in today's time. Let me borrow you. I won't, I won't embarrass some of y'all that I don't know. Let me borrow you. So, in this one, the first three verses... Jesus has been crucified, so he's gone. Jesus left Peter with with very specific instructions that you are to feed my people. You are to be disciples. You are to spread my word. This is what you are to do. But now Jesus is gone. Peter's messed up. The disciples are messed up. People are trying to kill him. Things have gotten bad. Things have gotten dark. They're on the hide. Peter says, I got us. I know what to do. He said, I've been a fisherman 20 years of my life. I'm so good at this. When I first met Jesus, he even asked to borrow my boat. So we go fishing because I'm a professional and I know what I'm doing. So y'all going to come with me and we're going to do this right. All right. Thank y'all. So that's the first three verses to me in this story is the disciples are jacked up. Peter's jacked up. He doesn't know what else to do. Kind of sounds like how I'm wired. You know, sometimes I want to take things in my own control, do things under my own ability. I don't need Christ. Am I the only one in here that's not perfect? Y'all quiet. I want to stop for a second. I want to hit a sidebar before I continue with this story. It was funny how in the first story, Peter's friends were blessed by his favor because he obeyed. But in this story, you're going to see them go down. So keep that in mind, my family, that your friends will follow you up and your friends will follow you down when they trust you. So be mindful of the decisions that you make. So here it is. I'm going to go out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Anybody ever been there before? You ever got out there and toiled all night long and not caught anything? I don't know about you. I've sat in a tree stand for like three or four hours. My butt cheeks get numb and my toes start tingling. I'm like, I'm done. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them. Friends, haven't you any fish? (laughs) This tickles me because what do you do when the almighty God asks you a question, <laughs> what do you do? Friends, haven't you any fish? Do you not think that Jesus knew Peter was going to deny him three times? He was gone. Peter was going to go a fishing because that's what Peter knows. That's what Peter is good at. That's all our human nature. When we, hit, when we hit a hard spot, we go back to what we know. We go back to what we're good at. Don't worry, Scott. I'm going to get you out in time for your medication, okay? I love you, brother. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. I don't know about you, but if I've been hunting for hours and I'm starting to feel some pain... And someone tells me to sit another hour because a big buck might be coming. "Mm -mm. It's time for lunch. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. Now I ask myself about that. Why was that important to put in the Bible? When we get out from underneath God's wing, we're naked. When he recognized who that was on the bank, he said, let me, let me, let me put this back on so I look like I got it all together. The other disciples followed. Oh, he jumped in the water after that. He put his garment on, he jumped in the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it. And some bread. Jesus said to them, "Bring some of the fish you have just caught." Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many <clears throat> in the net, it was not torn. Now I asked myself about that detail, too. I'm not sure about that one. Why was their nets breaking? But then this time, it specifically tells you in there the nets was not torn. I'm going to let y'all figure that one out. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? For they knew it was the Lord. So even though Simon Peter had the Son of God directly in front of him when he confessed, You're the Christ. Even though Simon Peter had obeyed and received favor when he first met Jesus and filled his nets after fishing all night and catching nothing, Even after seeing Jesus transformed on the mountain, even after Simon Peter lived out denying Jesus three times and seeing that he was right, he still went back to what he knew and what he was best at before his relationship with Jesus Christ. It's human nature to go back to what we know, to go back to what we're good at, to go back to things of the past in times of struggle. There will be times when the going gets tough. What do we do? What do we do when it's hard to pray? What do we do when it's hard to worship? What do we do when it's hard to get on our knees and talk to God, tell him what we're going through? What do we do when we're waiting on hearing his voice, to hear his direction to what we're supposed to do? What do we do? we got to continue to press forward because the mission remains. we got to continue to press forward because the mission remains. I could take you guys to five meth houses right now within... 10 minutes of here or they're manufacturing methamphetamines and they're going out on our streets the mission remains people are hurting people are lost people need what we carry I'm not going to read this to you because I think I'm running out of time I don't want Scott to fall out <clears throat> John 21, 15 through 17. So they come to the bank. They ate a few fish and a piece of bread with Jesus. They know who he is. Jesus reinstates Peter. After everything Peter had done, after denying Jesus three times, he sits down with Peter and he gives him his specific instructions again. Feed my people. No matter what we go through, no matter how much darkness we have to walk through, no matter how long we fish and don't catch anything, Jesus is waiting on us at the morning's dawn every single time. No matter how long we we try to do things on our own, to do things without him, to do things that we think we're good at and we don't need him, but the fruit isn't there anymore. Because it says in the first story, they abandon it. He said he abandoned his boats and his nets, Abandoned means do not return. It says forsake. He forsook his boats, his nets, and then he went back and the favor wasn't there anymore. He didn't catch anything. Jesus will reinstate you too. When you wake up in the morning's dawn, no matter how hard things have been, because I've been here lately with everything going on, he'll reinstate you right now. He'll get you back on course. There's nothing that we can do to make Jesus abandon us. Nothing. There's nowhere we can go. There's nowhere we can hide. There's nowhere we can run. Peter denied him three times. Said, I don't know him. I don't know him. Went and did his own thing. Didn't do what he was told. Anybody out there with me? Not doing what you were told? not reading your word like you're supposed to, not praying like you're supposed to, not being the head of your household like you're supposed to, working too much, letting things consume your time. I'm I'm talking to me. I'm talking to me. There's nothing that we can do to get away from him. Romans 5.20 says, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Don't let sin Don't ignore it because it put Jesus on the cross, okay? Don't ignore it. I'm not saying that. That's not the message I'm preaching. But don't let it get you off track because where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. So you hold your head up. She'll tell you I'm real. She knows I'm a Christian. She's known for a long time I'm a Christian, but she'll tell you I ain't perfect. I interviewed some girl the other night. She basically spit in my face, didn't she? Not, Not really, but in what I was asking her. She brought methamphetamine to the jail. We pretty much had her on video doing it. I bring her up front, Mirandize her, start reading start telling her what I'm there for, and she basically spit in my face. Denied it. John fifteen, four through five says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Psalm sixteen two, You are my Lord, apart from you, I have no good thing. So when we get out there, I was preaching to myself tonight, y'all just didn't know it. When we get out there trying to do things on our own and we we lose sense of our priorities. He waits on us at the morning's dawn. So if you've been through that before tonight, and I'm gonna have Bradley come up and close us if he's cool with that as I close. If you went out there on your own lately and you know it, I want you to stand. Or if in the future, now that that you know Peter's life, You'll know what to do. You'll know that he's waiting on you at the morning's dawn. I want you to stand. Cause we're all we're gonna get there. I'm telling you. We're all wired like that. I know enough of you well enough, and I'm close to enough of you to know that when the struggle gets real, we'll try to we'll try to grab a hold of things and take care of it ourselves. So as we close, he waits on us at the morning's dawn.
0: He said, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Another verse that we've heard a lot in church. How many would say there's a lot of sin in this world? Like, just overwhelming. Even though I've heard that verse, I didn't see it until right when he said it. Dude, there's sin everywhere, it's overwhelming. But his grace much more abounds. Dude, that gives me chills. Nasty sin, ugly sin, overwhelming, just beating people up. They, they, they go back to it. But gra- there's, much, there's more grace than there is sin. There's more grace than there is sin. Man, I need to hit the reinstate button, reset button daily. I was going to say, how many needs to be reinstated? And you know how easy it is? By what you just did. Simply stand. The enemy says, well, you've gone too far. Remember what I said? The, The enemy's the accuser. He's the one that points out how far you... God's not looking at how far back you went. He's not looking at how, what you did last night and what you plan on doing tomorrow. Yes, he does. already knows. He just wants you. Will you stand to be reinstated? Will you stand for him? Will you tell the enemy no access? So, Father, tonight as we're here and we're standing, God, I ask that you. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Forward or just to connect with us, go to myforwardchurch.org. We love you. The best is yet to come.